0: Yeah, she'll teach you how to be artistically you Not afraid to talk about what's taboo So don't play small Join the podcast with Nikki Collins Autism Unmasked
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Autism Unmasked My name's Nikki Collins, I'm the autism coach and author of Through Autistic Eyes. You can find out more about my coaching and my book on my website, theautismcoach.co.uk. On this week's show, I am joined by the wonderful Sam Warner, the autistic interpreter. She is a consultant. She coaches people. She trains people. She trains organizations and individuals. She's writing a book. She does speaking. She's in my book. She's just a a generally lovely and likable person with some wonderful energy and good autistic and ADHD vibes. So welcome to Autism Unmasked Sam and thank you for giving up your time to be here although we kind of end up speaking for a lot longer than either of us probably anticipate when we usually get together.
0: (laughs) I think sometimes when the energy is good you just roll with it and then you go was that really two and a half hours ago? Okay.
1: Yeah, I know. I've. I think I had fifty pages of notes when it came to writing up your uh, your chapter in my book.
0: Goodness, it was. It was fun. It was fun. Those darned open ended questions.
1: I know. I know. I've learned now to say. What have I learned to
0: say, Sam? Have you been le- Have you been learning to say? Um, in just a few sentences, could you tell me?
1: I have not been learning that, but I do ask. In what context do you mean? Uh What's the context? So, that's really important. I need context. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. In what context? Professional, personal, hobbies, special interests. Don't get me started there.
0: That's it's the classic question that people ask at the beginning of every interview. So, tell me about yourself. In what context? Exactly. So I sit there looking sort of slightly cross-eyed going, "Uh (laughs) because it doesn't matter who you're in front of. You don't know them yet. So you don't know what they are hoping to hear from you. You can only guess. So I always come up with a qualifier and say, oh, would you like me to talk about work stuff or something else? So I kind of take charge. I guide them.
1: It makes more sense. But, I mean, this is what you kind of do anyway. You are a Toastmaster and you have been in Toastmasters for a long time. If you don't know what that is, it's Speaking Club. Go and Google it. It will help you if you need to improve your speech and speaking. You help people come up with strategies going into the interview situation. So mm-hmm. what kind of things do you do around that?
0: Well, a lot of people are still conducting interviews the old fashioned way that was sort of put together at the dawn of the you know, last century where you've got a panel of people and a slightly scared <laughs> nervous person sat on their own being grilled um with, you know and trying to understand the the looks on people's faces what do they mean are they frowning are they smiling i'm not really sure people they're writing a lot of stuff down mm. or you know unhelpful things like i've read your cv can you tell me more about it so so does that mean you haven't read it or you think I'm lying you're trying to catch me out or there's a one bit on the cv you're particularly interested in perhaps you could tell me which bit you'd like me to expand on <laughs> yeah. so that that's still happening unfortunately so what i tend to do is i try to empower individuals to ask questions so that they can answer the bigger question more easily, like we just said about, so would you like me to talk about work or something else? That's immediately narrowed it down. And it's not made them feel like a wally, because I don't want to do that. That's not a good thing to do in an interview. But at the same time, I want individuals to ask questions about the organisation. And a lot of people who are, are either introverted or timid or shy, you don't have to be neurodivergent, just just not perhaps full of self-confidence in an interview, will not ask questions like, so can you give me an example, a way you've supported a colleague in your team? Mm. Wouldn't that be nice to hear? You know, um, could you tell me what your expectations are for me in the first three months of me working here? Yeah. Tell right. me about the last three projects the company did that worked really well. What's your attrition and recruitment stats like? make that sound less like you know you're asking so do people hate working here or what (laughs) (laughs) you could say i'm fascinated to know how quickly the company is growing what's your recruitment stats like that's a good way to start and then you could follow it up with oh do you get a lot of churn of staff are you getting fresh ideas in all the time See how it's slightly manipulative, but you're you're trying to get a feel for whether or not you want to spend a quarter of your life in this organization. So you have to interview the company as well, and we tend not to do that. And a lot of people are desperate for the job, and I get it absolutely. They don't want to risk not getting through that interview. But actually, the truth of it is, the interviewers desperately want you to ask them questions because they want you to be really interested. They want to know. That you're invested in that job.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Don't be afraid. It makes sense. And as you say, we're not sort of conditioned because that's what it all comes down to conditioning. We're not conditioned to ask these questions. We're not, we are taught to be compliant and to sit there and to look a certain way and to act a certain way, to hold your body in a certain way to not hold your hands together because that might look bad and if your hands are clammy when you shake the other person's hand that might be unprofessional and these are i mean you you're stifling a giggle there and it's <laughs> it's just so outdated and it's like when the education mm. system was built it was built on in the industrial revolution <laughs> it's just about the same as job interviews <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, at school, you know, literally trains people to sit down, shut up and do as they're told. And yeah, that's before. training people to be good, little, obedient workers that don't rise up against the management and don't think for themselves and don't have creative thoughts. Because when you're working the same piece of machinery for every single day of your life, I have so much respect for people who work in any kind of manufacturing, um, anything that has repetitive tasks because I can't do them I literally feel like I'm going to throw up because my brain is screaming I can't do it I, I I tried I really did try in the early days when I went to go for jobs I tried I spent a half day in a a farm processing plant cutting lettuces in half right so three hours I spent cutting lettuces in half and by lunchtime I was like nope I'm done <laughs> not anymore. Please don't give me another lettuce.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I could
0: manage that. <laughs> but that's not because I'm, you know, better than anyone else, or it's beneath me. It's literally because I thought I was going to be ill because my brain was on fire and and it needed stimulation because I need stimulation all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, so, you are. You're autistic and you're ADHD, so if you're not mm. getting that constant dopamine hit, which a lettuce is not going to f- supply with you, no. some people, it is fantastic. And it's the perfect environment for that, having that repetition. Oh, totally. Stick your, uh, stick your headphones on, your earpods
0: in, yeah. whatever, and off you go. But for <laughs> me, for you, absolutely hell on earth. They didn't even have music on. I mean, if they'd had music on perhaps we could have sung along whilst we were working or something but it was just sound of the machines the sound of people chopping (laughs) (laughs) and we were discouraged from chatting because that makes you slow down right so so there's no chatting no music Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Sitting so, around in a chair really uncomfortably at the moment because I'm describing this nightmare. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> cringe. So cringe. So
1: do you feel, Sam, that this experience has propelled you more to the entrepreneurial side of the work, (laughs) workplace. I know know a lot of your background and people can read about that in my book through autistic eyes, give myself a little (laughs) plug there, but they can read about that in the book. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant chapter. But in all seriousness, how does being self-employed and working for yourself fit your needs? How does that work for you?
0: Oh, well, so insomnia it has always been a, huh, a constant companion, let's call it that, since childhood. And I I just thought I had to just suck it up. And so those nights where I didn't get a wink of sleep, hard cheese, you have still have to drive into work and do a full day's work and be on your A game. That's just expected. There's no flexibility whatsoever. Certainly, there wasn't where I worked. And uh, whereas if that happens to me now... As long as I haven't got things in the diary that I've committed to, which I will honour, I can stay in bed or go back to bed and have a nap or whatever in order to restore myself a little bit. I, I'm not tied to that nine to five or you know plus commuting time eight till six or seven. And and in terms of energy levels and focus, if I'm in hyper focus mode, and I'm laughing because when I am, it's like get out of my way. Uh, <laughs> I could like work for 20 hours straight and not, not eat, forget to go to the loo, all sorts of not very healthy things. But boy, am I productive. I mean, mm-hmm. amazingly productive. And, and, and again, often businesses are just not set up in the mindset for people who can deliver that kind of work to really high quality really quickly because they work well, well under pressure. So if you gave me a deadline of Friday, you know, we're on Wednesday now, I'd be like, great, no problem. Four o'clock, all right. Knowing, (laughs) no matter how long it takes or whatever, I'm going to get it to you and it will be really good quality. There's this this assumption that if you do it lastminute.com, it's going to be rushed and it's going to be rubbish. But that's not true for me. I actually end up being in my A zone. I don't know what to call it.
1: I don't know what you would call it. But I can say that it comes down to something. Have you heard of Parkinson's law? No. Do tell. So Parkinson's law in a nutshell is if you give someone an hour to do something, it will take them an hour. If you give them a week, it will take them a week, a month, a month, a year, a year, and so on and so forth. And if there's no time's end, then it, it probably is just lost into the abyss. So that is what Parkinson's law is. So if you actually put a time on it and give yourself these deadlines, you will work to that that deadline. So this concept and this notion that
0: oh, I always leave it to the last minute links into that. Mm-hmm. Even at school, you know, I'd be doing my homework before registration. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I just revision. needed that extra push, that extra pressure. Not stress, definitely not stress. And I wasn't stressed out when I was doing it it was the pressure that I was enjoying that focus of, well, I've only got 10 minutes to finish this.
1: (laughs) 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 It's a bit masochistic, actually. (laughs) I was going to say, do you think that that might be a little bit of your demand avoidant personality side of the autism coming through there and just being a little bit like, because as you know, I, I open water swim and I didn't ice swim recently. So uh, you're
0: holding up sheets of ice
1: was holding up sheets of ice and it was I just I do it for loads of different reasons but one of them is that I get a real kick out of people who walk past when you're swimming down the river in the middle of January or when it's cold (laughs) and the look on their face it's just priceless. Oh and I goodness. love it. I just get a sadistic kick out of it. And as I say, it's just one of them things that feeds into it. It's like, it's cold. Let's go swimming. And people will think <laughs> I'm even crazier. <laughs>
0: do, they even, do they ever try and rescue you? Do they think you've fallen in or something?
1: No, no. It's usually the the big pile of clothes on the bank and the towns that give that away. But yeah, so no one bats an eyelid once she gets to summer. But Unless it's overcast. And even on a summer's day when it's overcast, it's,
0: wow. Well, I, I was brought up in Deal in Kent, and there's a, a cohort of swimmers that swim every day in the sea. And uh, the channel's not known to be the warmest section of water on the planet at the best of times. No. And they're there, you know, like Boxing Dave, and they're out in force having their Boxing Day or New Year's swim. And I'm like, you are quite bonkers because that must be really chilly.
1: <laughs> it's another reason why I like to be self-employed. Could you imagine saying, hey, boss, I need uh, uh, the afternoon off because I want to go for a dunk in a f- ice-cold lake and I can't come back because of the afterdrop, and I need to go to bed and nap because I get super tired and super hungry, so I'm going to have to huddle up under a blanket and duvet next to a heater eating and then I'm going to sleep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Or when I say, um, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night. I've got my second wind. I'm going to work through till five. I'm sorry the rest of the team are asleep, but I'm in the zone right now.
1: Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there are people who hire VAs, virtual assistant assistants across the world so that they can fit each different time zone so that things are getting done whilst they sleep. So just because you're based in... Let's assume that it's the same country. So I know that you're obviously in the same country as as myself. But yeah, Where, where's the issue with that? If the work's getting done?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so working for myself has also meant obviously I'm taking charge of my energy levels, my breaks, um, how how I how I manage all of my to do list. To be honest, so I hadn't before packed in any downtime. I was working every day, all day, because I love what I do. It doesn't feel like a job. I adore helping organizations to do better when it comes to attracting and recruiting neurodivergent talent and keeping them, you know, in the team and enjoying that diversity of thought and innovation and process improvement and all those lovely things that often come with a neurodivergent mind. Doesn't have to be a superpower just a different way of looking at the world and that can be really useful in business and um that gives me a real buzz so it doesn't feel like it's work even though it kind of is but so what that means is i i self care can be really tricky and i think anybody who is neurodivergent who's thinking yeah actually i do want to work for myself my biggest piece of unsolicited advice would be please pack in some self care time whether it's three hours on a Wednesday afternoon and a couple of hours on Saturday or something, pack in sometime where you're doing something else. You don't have to stop thinking about the lovely work that you're doing, but do something else something something that recharges you. Binge watch Netflix, go ice swimming, go and do your favourite thing, roller skating, I don't know, whatever it is that you love doing. Exactly. It will recharge you and you won't get into the burnout zone because that wasn't fun.
1: No, no. I, yeah, I totally agree. The first thing that went into my 2023 diary was 10 weeks of annual leave. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, which you would never get in a jobby job.
0: No. But my that's boss a, is great. Unpaid leave, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love my boss. She's great. <laughs> 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 and I, I had to learn that the hard way I had to reach different levels of burnout and I mm-hmm. did it it's like running into the wall over and over again until you go oh actually this hurts <laughs> yeah. yeah so I stopped running into the wall and it started with six weeks off across the year and over the last three years it's now built to, to ten weeks and I also don't see clients on a Friday or a usually a Wednesday, although I've had to make some exceptions at the moment, but that's mm-hmm. because of my error.
0: Oh no, I, I I preserve Tuesday now. Tuesday is no calls Tuesday. So it doesn't mean I'm not working. It means if I if I'm good to go, great. I'll have a little productive old day with no interruptions, which is mm. fantastic. But equally, if I've had a really mad weekend and Monday's always a bit bonkers, Yep. I can just stay in bed on Tuesday if I need to, because I don't have any commitments that I have to be at or turn up to. And and even self-care, you know, the energy to wash myself, change clothes into real-day clothes from pyjamas. You know, that level of I'm so empty. I have no spoons. I woke up with no spoons and there's none left. So I'm I'm just going to exist and drink some mm-hmm. water. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but that is such a that is such a luxury
1: to be able to realize that and have that built into your diary I know that there's no point in me trying to force myself into sitting down and writing and being creative on a Monday because I haven't quite switched gears in the weekend and my brain hasn't got to that levels but if I write notes down mm-hmm. then I can use them on Tuesday and I'm good to go so it's oh, just yeah, these- that makes sense
0: Yeah, it's just these little things. And making time for others. So, you know, you've got a family. I've got my husband and a couple of cats. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can just be so enthralled with what you're doing. And like I said, I was working every day, all day. I forget that there's other people in my life that I really should be spending time with. Not because someone else is telling me off, but because humans need to spend time with other humans in a relationship kind of way doesn't have to be intimate it can be platonic but you we still need that that contact it's really important for our brains and i again i you know i didn't know this until i listened to good old bill bryson um his book about the body and it was talking about how humans um one of the things that the human brain needs not apart from sleep is human contact and the people who tend to be hermits don't live as long as people who have Um, Good quality relationships with other humans. I thought that was really fascinating. Is that is interesting? We've
1: decided that we're going to take like the kids out and do um, like a family thing once a month. More if 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 the opportunity arises, but to do something once a month. Mm -hmm. And we took them to see the Circus of Horrors in January, and it was hands down the best show that i've seen on stage it was fantastic right and we've got three teenagers sam three of them not one not two but three and they're delightful and they all absolutely loved it and it's like one of the i it's i'm i don't know how to explain that feeling of mm. having three teenage kids actually like enjoy an evening come together and just seeing everyone and we've all got our different flavors of neuro spice
0: yeah yeah for sure and I used to have terrible anxiety about everyone else enjoying themselves um I somehow would take on the role of trying to make sure everyone was having a good time even though it wouldn't be my get together or whatever I'd I'd feel somehow responsible for their happiness yeah (laughs) people pleaser (laughs) well
1: it happens doesn't it and especially when you grow up not knowing that you're autistic as well so it's it becomes a bit of a challenge and you had a strict upbringing as well so
0: I did indeed I did indeed and you might have just heard Yoda in the background there saying um, do or do not there is no try um uh, I it was just another thing to mention about um working for yourself i, I mentioned about hyper focus quite often i forget to drink anything um and hydration is super important i don't have a natural thirst so i don't ever go ooh, i'm thirsty i don't know why just don't so i've got yoda every hour on my phone <laughs> telling me to pick up that drink you know don't try and drink do it <laughs>
1: fantastic i love it and because of my new headset i didn't actually hear it but it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant tool it's a fantastic tool i love timers but i don't get thirsty either so i go all day and oops
0: yeah yesterday i did i didn't have a single drink yesterday didn't notice yeah my body probably noticed but
1: (laughs) i didn't (laughs) <laughs> don't know how I haven't made myself ill over the years. It's not intentional. I just...
0: No. It just never crosses my mind, ever. Nope. I, I never go, oh, I'll have a drink. I, and <laughs> I live with my husband, and he's not really the kind of guy who goes, I'm making a drink, do you want one? He's just not that guy, right? He just takes care of his own things. So quite often, I'll see him making a drink, and only that trigger will go, Oh I should probably do that too <laughs> <laughs> but I have these bottles I've got um I bought some lovely glass bottles, which are uh Pellegrino they were originally like fizzy water type bottles, but it's so much better than the plastic and they you know they'll last as, for as long as I use them don't break them mm. um, and I can just keep refilling them with filtered water and then sometimes I'll keep them in the fridge sometimes I'll do room temperature Probably room temperatures better um it's less stressful on our body uh, mm. I- and that that ability to just reach out because I've got one of these in every room, and every now and again I'll go around and just make sure they're filled up. <laughs> it's horrible when I do remember and I
1: go. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like <laughs> having a, a roll of bags at the bottom of the like. Maybe not the kitchen bin, but if you've got yeah. a bin in the office, have a roll of bags at the bottom. So when you take the bag out, you can put another bag straight in. So it's so simple, isn't it? But it works. It is. And on the topic of that, mm-hmm. it brings me to reasonable adjustments, which I know mm-hmm. is something that you can offer some sort of like some insight into because this is something that you also do to help people who are going into organizations for interviews.
0: Absolutely. It's it's kind of two angles. So the first thing is I want individuals to feel empowered to ask for the reasonable adjustments they need so they can be the best they can be. And sometimes going armed with a list of say 10 reasonable adjustments that you know are fairly ubiquitous across organizations that are using those reasonable adjustments. um, They can they can say, hey, have you got any reasonable adjustments here that I can ask for uh, because of my my different way of thinking? And the organization might go, oh no, well, we don't really have that. You just tell us what you need or want. At least then they can go, well, actually I've got a list of 10 here that I know other companies are using. Um, There's two on here that I'd really love to have as some of my support needs, but please have the list if that's helpful to you. And whilst it's not the individual's job to teach the organisation how to do better in terms of neurodiversity, if you're going to work there, why wouldn't you want to give them a helping hand? You know, you're the one with the lived experience. They don't have that insight. So you can kind of just help them along. And so so it's not just paying lip service to neurodiversity as part of diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, a 20 minute CBT module that they have to pass. And then it's never spoken about again. seen it so many times yeah but that's really useful and also to help the organizations write their neurodiversity policy which will often include this this sort of i'm going to say generic list of reasonable adjustments because each organization will have some bespoke ones that suit them specifically whether they are a factory environment an office environment an outdoor environment any other kind of environment um you know, there are some organisations, perhaps if someone's working in logistics and they're driving a truck or something like that, there'll be, you know, things they won't be able to access because they're driving a truck. <laughs> but there might be other things that that are more suited to their particular job that they might be able to ask for help with. Uh, and it's up to the organisation to work with the, the individuals and for the individual to be frank and honest It's so much better than it used to be. This is a real happy story because five years ago, people were like, sorry, what's neurodiversity? There's a few people out there still there, but actually a lot more. There's there's so many more of people like you and me, Nikki, who, who are out there spreading the good word, educating, informing, inspiring stuff that needs to be done because we're not an afterthought. We are just as important as LGBTQIA, um, disabled, gender, uh, race, uh, uh <laughs> the other protected characteristics
1: <laughs> under yep. HR law
0: that I can't bring to mind right now. But uh, we are just, uh, just as important. And um, it, people are very anxious about disclosing about whether or not they're divergent. Mm. And I think you just have to do that on a play-by-play basis. That's my best yeah. advice about that. Get the vibe for the company.
1: That's good advice. And I think that sometimes knowing that you don't have to take that position if you don't want to actually work for an organization just because you've been invited in for an interview and if you then go on to get offered a job doesn't mean you have to take it. So true. So it's like going back to that self employment, it's you don't have to work with every client that comes along. If you don't think that you're the right fit, you can refer. Or you can just say, no, that's the beauty of it. And actually, as someone who's going out to find work in the workplace, which is absolutely fine. That's why they're there for people to go and do um, to do jobs. You've got that option, too, to a certain extent, especially when it comes to selection.
0: Absolutely. The, the, The power is with you. Um, And as I say, as much as we might feel a bit desperate to get that job because it might have been really hard to get that interview in the first place, (sighs) there's no real point in taking a job that you're going to end up leaving in two months' time because they're not switched on to giving you any kind of support and uh, your life's a living hell. That's not worth it.
1: Don't run towards the red flags, people, and wrap yourselves in them. You want to look for the green flags. What a great way of
0: putting it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Run away from the red flags. So on that note, how can people
1: get in contact with you should they want to seek the advice of the autistic interpreter, Sam Warner?
0: (laughs) Well, I am on LinkedIn. Um, there are a few Sam Warners, but most of them are blokes. So hopefully it's fairly <laughs> easy to find me. Um, I've I've always got my hair up in my pictures on LinkedIn, and I've I've got <laughs> <laughs> how what shall I describe my glasses? Cat eye edna ish glasses <laughs> that I wear. So it should be easy enough to find my picture, if nothing else. And also I do have a website with everything on it, and it's getyourmessageacross.com, and it's got hyphens, so it's get hyphen your-message-across.com. <laughs> okay.
1: I will link that in to the show notes anyway so that people can click in and they can see your wonderful glasses because they are wonderful and they <laughs> are very bespoke and they were made specifically for you, but we're not <laughs> going to go into that today. But this is one of the many discussions that Sam and I have had in the past. I think it was before Christmas about your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> And fine, because I also had new glasses then. (laughs) It's a
0: nice nice way to express your personality. Face furniture face furniture i've got a new
1: desk to put up later (laughs) thinking about furniture okay right well i will link you in to the show notes as i say thank you so much for your time today it's always a pleasure to speak to you anyway but get over and have a look at the amazing work that sam's doing and if any of the services that we've spoken about resonate with you you know how to to get in contact with her so thank you sam
0: thanks nikki thanks for having me And for our listeners,
1: don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never have to miss an episode again.